Hi everyone, welcome back to our ESG podcast series. Uh, we're joined again by Kimwell and Abhishek Kumar from Montague. Uh, and following our last podcast on ESG and Montague more generally, we're now going to dive a little bit more into Montague's science-based targets. Uh, so Kim, getting straight into that, um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what your targets are and why you've introduced them? Yes, happy to. <laughs> so the science-based targets essentially apply to both our investments as well as our own operations. And for our investments, we aim that 100% of them will have a validated target by 2030. For our own operations, we aim to reduce the absolute scope one and scope two emissions, so the emissions from our operations, by 70% by 2030 compared to a 2019 baseline. And part of how we're looking to achieve it is to increase annual sourcing of renewable electricity also to 100% by 2030. And climate has been a key focus um, for Montague. Um, even though we typically don't invest into the high emitting sectors, if you think uh, of the businesses like the software businesses that we um, invest in. Um, but nevertheless, we had a longstanding commitment to reducing carbon emissions in our investments um, as well, uh, really with the recognition that every business has its part to play in a transition to a net zero world. And realistically, if we want to maintain to stay within 1.5 degrees of global warming, all businesses have to reduce their emissions in line with, with this pathway. Um, we chose to use the methodologies of the Science-Based Targets Initiative because it really provided us with a standardized methodology that's backed by a scientific committee um, and that's also rapidly becoming the best practice across the sectors. So what it also means is that the businesses that operate in various sectors in our portfolio, um, they can all use the same methodology as well to, to set the carbon reduction pathway, essentially. I think it's really interesting. Um, and I know a number of clients are grappling with science-based targets, uh, mm -hmm. as are we ourselves. Um, from your perspective, what has been the most challenging part of setting your target? Yeah, that's a good point because we have been among the first private equity firms to set a science-based target. And we did that at the time that the Science-Based Target Initiative published its methodologies for private equity firms um, specifically. And there were, there were um, a small number of private equity firms that published their science-based targets at the time of the publication as well. Um, but what it does mean is that there weren't many peer examples out there and not anyone who set, set a target a while ago and, and has um, implemented these targets over a number of years where we could look at learnings, best practice, case studies and so on. Um, but I think that's why it's also so great to see so much collaboration within the industry around this topic. So we have initiatives such as the ICI, where private equity firms are coming together to think about, OK, how can we uh, measure carbon, reduce carbon and report carbon in a um, standardized and um, credible way as well. Um, so actually, to, to, to set our science-based target, that ambition was really uh, backed by our senior management team, by our executives. And that is because um, they could see that kind of there was a lot of drive from all the stakeholders, not just from our own, but uh, from our portfolio companies and their own stakeholders um, as well. But one reflection, I think, is that um, 
yes, it is important to have the buy-in from the leadership team that they back this ambition as well and sign off on the target. But it's also really about bringing the investment team along as well, because essentially they are the ones that are working closely with the management teams at the portfolio companies. Um, and so um, what I found is when we had conversations with the investment teams is that it was less about the why. I think the drivers were clear broadly to everyone, um, but much more about, okay, what does it mean for our portfolio companies? How can they set a target and how can they essentially achieve a target as well? So what we've done is to deliver training and to also use very um, explicit practical examples of what this may mean for a portfolio company um, and some guidance on what the journey would look like for a portfolio company from committing to a science-based target to achieving it um, and, and reporting on it regularly um, as well. I think it's quite interesting actually on the point of the comparisons and I mean, I think if you look at the private markets, other PE firms, then there are at the moment limited examples to follow. And so we're kind of, you know, seeing, seeing what works and hopefully um, helping shape what that looks like. But actually, if you look at the public markets, um, quite often um, they are leading in the space and there's quite a lot of listed companies that already have mm -hmm. um, SBT targets in place. And um, actually, Informa is one of them. And, you know, recently we've invested in a couple of um, divisions of that business. Uh, one of the things we, we're looking at is how do we get some of that best practice from uh, the portfolio companies that we acquire and bringing that ESG expertise, I mean, carve out something that we do a lot of. And so bringing that public market strength around ESG right now as part of the carve outs is, is another way that we can kind of bring that expertise into Montague and then share it across the portfolio. And I'm curious, uh, having done a few carve outs uh, together with you, to what extent, um, as part of the carve-out itself, um, are you considering ESG factors? Because in a way, when you're carving out the business, you're sort of shaping what the business you acquire will look like. So in what way does ESG play into that? We work quite closely with our, we call it the full potential partners team. It's essentially a portfolio value creation team um, that work on the carve out specifically and also engage with the portfolio companies on set within the first year to set out the business strategy. Um, and ESG is a formal part of that. So when we are working for typically 12 months on developing that business strategy alongside that, um, we are working with the business on their own sustainability action plan on, you know, now for new companies that are coming into our portfolio, kind of science-based targets will be um, a critical part of that as well. So that when the business strategy is being finalized at the end, that ESG science-based target is kind of sitting alongside that or within that even within the business strategy. Yeah, I think there's probably different parts of the carve-outs. One is just the physical, how do you set up all the functions to operate outside? And there it's, um, you know, one, getting it right, but two, that's where a lot of the social and governance factors come into place. Do you have the right controls? Are you setting up the right environments with this new team and kind of you know, getting that bit right where you're starting from a blank piece of paper, which doesn't happen quite often. And then uh, once you've got all that, then it is often during the course, mm -hmm. over the course of the first year that you know, you see where else you can push the ESG agenda, not just with carve-outs actually, but kind of across any any investments that we make. Thanks, Amshek. That's that's really interesting to hear, particularly in terms of looking at ESG, both as you're doing the transaction and then afterwards. Um, Kim, do you want to talk a little bit more about how you're supporting portfolio companies? 
Yes, happy to. So focusing on the science-based targets, I think, again, in the first instance, it was about engagement and education. Um, so before you set a science-based target, you really need to understand your baseline carbon footprint. And so we've done some training around that for our portfolio companies and also prepared specific materials that we could use in our conversations with portfolio companies and share those materials with them as well that set out specifically what are science-based targets, why is it important, um, and how do you set them and ultimately achieve them as well. And again, very much the conversations. I think the why was kind of clear. And interestingly, even our software companies, which again, not operating in a high emitting um, sector, but their customers are increasingly asking them about what are your sustainability initiatives? Um, do you measure carbon? Do you have a carbon reduction um, strategy or plan in place? Um, and so they see that that need is coming through and that's creating a real business benefit for them to, to action um, those points. Um, but what we also hear from our HR leaders, um, also in those software businesses, is that um, the sustainability agenda is becoming increasingly important for talent attraction and retention as well. So I think the drivers, again, are clear and are there, but sometimes they don't know where to start or um, are worried or think that they may not have the right or enough resources in place to kind of start on this. And I think that's where we can kind of support them and help them with that. Uh, one way we do it is through a network of consultants. Um, so we had already a network of consultants that supported portfolio companies on doing a sustainability diagnostic, a materiality assessment and setting out action plans. But we now also have consultants um, that can work with portfolio companies on measuring a baseline uh, footprint, setting a science-based target um, and setting out a carbon reduction plan um, as well. For new companies entering the portfolio, I think we mentioned it, you know, it, the kind of setting a science-based target is integrated and a formal part of the business strategy. So we work with the, our value creation team um, and the management at the portfolio companies um, to, to embed the science-based target within the business strategy. And then I think finally, it's uh, what we've also done in the last year is to set out an online community. So I think there's a lot that portfolio companies can actually learn from each other. Um, and so in this, on this online community, there are different groups that are being established, one around sustainability, and that allows portfolio companies to raise questions, share learnings, share resources, templates with each other. Um, and, and I think that has been um, really welcomed by the portfolio companies as well. I think that's a fantastic point um, that you make generally, Kim, in terms of everybody knows why this is important now that they have done for a while. You know, there are increasingly num increasing numbers of alarming reports coming out from the IPBC um, on what happens if we don't do this. But, but the how is really the integral question. Um, and a lot of clients I know are struggling with that. So it's great to hear that Montague is looking at, OK, well, how can we help our portfolio companies actually start actioning this um, and have started looking at actioning it, actioning it yourself? Um, I know you mentioned consultants a lot in there. I'm going to make a cheeky plug for our own uh, expertise in helping clients. Uh, we, we do a number of kind of gap analyses, exercises, benchmarkings um, that can help clients on starting their ESG journey or looking to, looking to improve and implement things um, from a, an ESG strategy perspective. 
Um, I think, again, that's, that's everything from this podcast on, on science-based targets. Um, and we look forward to joining you again uh, for our final podcast in this series, uh, looking a little bit more at uh, the investment level ESG considerations at Montague.